0: Welcome to my podcast, Musings of a Christian Philosopher, where we talk about deep and often challenging topics of theology and philosophy. I'm your host, Adam Polstra. Let's get started. Good day, listeners. Recently, in a conversation with one of my friends, I discovered something that I did not expect to find. Of course, as a Christian myself, I have quite a number of Christian friends, and there's a variety of beliefs. And this one particular friend is uh, heavily leaned towards the belief that I've talked about a number of times already on this podcast, the belief that God wants all of us to be healed, the miraculous, uh, typically prosperity is mixed in there a lot, and so on and so forth. And That being said, I have my disputes with people of that belief. This friend of mine is a bit more reasonably minded than a lot of those. In any case, our conversation uh, was quite cordial, and there was no problems with it, but again, something was found that I did not expect to find. So, I wanted to start by kind of trying to get to the intended heart of those Christians who believe that God wants to heal everyone and everyone should be well and there should be miracles all over the place and so on. And I think that at least as far as this goes, it's very noble and very kind and very genuine. Those Christians who believe these things argue such verses as when Jesus died on the cross, he carried all of our iniquities and all of our diseases. I can't remember exactly how to quote the verse, but that's essentially what it says and this is of course in the epistles if i'm not mistaken he carried all of our infirmities they'll argue that just as much as god wants everybody to be forgiven he also wants everybody to be well that he doesn't desire doesn't desire that anyone should perish and so on and so forth And it all, again, sounds very noble, and I think, again, to a point, it is. They desire a world where people who believe enough can have perfectly healthy bodies, are really in no need of any medical help. They are fresh-faced, vibrant, happy. Content. What they really want is a world where everybody who believes can be one of these sorts of people. And how obvious, then, a sign of the existence of God if Christians, not all Christians, but many Christians, are simply healthy and well, and if there's any kind of infirmity that hits them, that they just get well miraculously. They simply tap back into that faith and they are well. And by the way, I think that there are some Christians like this, but they are a minority of the minority of the minority. These Christians want everyone to be like that. Personally, by the way, I think that the ones who are this way have the divine gift of healing. And what I mean by that is divinely given by the divine one himself, the Holy Spirit. They have the Holy Spirit gift of healing. And some of them have it both for themselves and for other people. Some of them have it for themselves. Some of them have it for other people. Whatever the case, healing operates in their lives. Divine, miraculous healing. But these people want, these Christians believe, really, That people can be healthy, can be prosperous through faith, through belief in God, through connection with God, relationship with God. Now, the issue that me and my friend were dealing with was the question of the fact that there are those who believe very deeply, are close with the Lord. This is portrayed brilliantly in an episode of The Chosen. If you haven't seen it and you're curious, I definitely recommend the show displayed very brilliantly by one of the disciples who, in this uh, fictional retelling, at least partially fictional retelling of the story of Jesus, has James the Lesser with an infirmity. It's not specifically described what it is, but it seems to be some sort of spinal defect. He's talking to Jesus, and having seen Jesus heal many people, asks him directly why he is left with his infirmity. And Jesus is portrayed in this, because again, this is extra biblical, it's not meant to be trying to say what the Bible says, but giving an example of something we do face in our everyday lives, and this is why I respect it. Jesus talks to James and tells him that many of those who have received his divine healing, his miraculous healing, needed that as an introduction to him, to Jesus, a bridge to connect the gap for these people to believe that Jesus is in fact the Son of God and that they would believe in him for salvation. He looks at James the Lesser and points out that he doesn't need that boon. He doesn't need that advantage, so to speak, in order to believe. An argument for those who have watched the show, James himself made in a previous episode. Again, James the Lesser. But of course, having it told to him by Jesus himself is quite a different thing. But it confirms something, I think. When I was discussing this with my friend, I pointed out that while that is difficult for someone like him to endure in a show like that, something that is highly acclaimed by many as A show that does reveal to them something of Jesus that they hadn't seen before. Again, not to be confused with biblical truth, but um, as at least an example of what it may have actually been like to know him, the historical figure of Jesus 2,000 years ago. Anyway, what I pointed out is that what Christians face today, whatever their beliefs, is that while most of us still do believe in the current existence of miracles of healing, there are still those who seem to be every bit as righteous, to have every bit of faith, to be as close to God as any, and so on and so forth, and they have some permanent infirmity, and it is never removed. We have, of course, the record of Paul himself, who talked about some infirmity, and Not unexpectedly, those who believe in healing for all try to make that infirmity in Paul something that is non-physical, some sort of mental issue, worry, doubt, maybe something like that. But it seems fairly plain and not definite, but fairly obvious, it seems, that it was probably a physical infirmity. Anyways, if uh, if Paul himself couldn't be well in his body. He who, through the power of Christ, was healing many, just by his shadow, then it brings to question the universality of miraculous healing, as implied in the verse, Jesus carried our iniquities and our diseases, on the cross, etc., etc. It's a very difficult question for us to wrestle with, and I think very, very difficult, probably avoided by most who believe in this miraculous healing for all who believe. there it is. There are many, many of those people. So what I began to question is what really is the design of God? What is it that he's really after? Those who have listened to my podcast uh, for a while will remember that I have pointed out that God's real desire for us, in fact I said this in a very recent episode, God's genuine desire for us is to become the right kind of people he wants us to be like him he wants us to love he wants us to work towards the good and there's even indication that god will use the negative and troublesome and uh, horrible things of this world to turn it around turning it around to that same end to continue transforming us into the right kind of people infirmities being no less than anything else on that list. And furthermore, God wants to bring us to himself, and this is a part that I haven't talked about as much, but the point has always been relationship, and that is why he wants us to turn into beings more like himself. He wants us to become more like himself so that a genuine relationship can be had in the first place. He wants us less if there is still evil within us if there is still pride within us. So to transform us more and more into beings like himself, he can be closer to us. Now again, I don't mean to say, become him, there would be nothing interesting there. There would be no variance, there would be no difference between us and him. No, he wants us to be like him. I have the same desires myself. I want others around me to be like me, especially in the sense of following virtue and goodness, but I don't want them to be me, that would be boring. Anyway, he desires for us to be like him, and he wants to bring us to himself. This is the real crux of the idea of heaven as far as I have learned to understand it. That heaven is the place where we are with our God. If that is what he wants, then that is the point of everything that he does, at least in our lives, to be concerned. And if that is what he is doing, then if he were to allow everybody who believes to be healed, it would be towards that ultimate goal. If he doesn't allow everybody to be healed, it's still towards that ultimate goal, if that is his goal for us. So the trouble here is that those who believe in miraculous healing for all believe that that is God's true intention. But the question is, does that fall in line with God's ultimate intention, or does it go against it? If God's true intention is to have relationship with us and to draw him to himself, Would healing for all help that or hinder it? In my recent podcast, I pointed out that if that were the case, there could be almost no worse fate for Christians. Why? Because we wouldn't have challenge, we wouldn't have friction, we wouldn't have resistance to build the muscle of goodness upon. We would have nothing to fight. And while in the heavenly life that might be fine, in this life that's doom. Malcolm Muggeridge saw this as well. He pointed out that the memories of his life that he treasures the most are not those of contentment and happiness. They are those of pain and struggle. Why? Because in the pain and struggle he became a better man those became, in retrospect, the most meaningful to him. So for us to be spared all of those things, because we're just miraculously healed all the time, would be a fate of doom. Maybe not for every person, but for probably the majority. And that might explain something about those who do not seem to suffer from any or at least only very minor infirmities during this life, perhaps God knows something about their hearts that they wouldn't need to have an infirmity to remind them. They wouldn't need to have all this struggle to keep them humble. So again, does the idea of miraculous healing and prosperity for all believing Christians help or hinder God's plan? And here's the root that I found quite sinister... And I didn't expect to find it. What those who believe in miraculous healing and prosperity for all are doing, perhaps without realizing it, is trying to make heaven superfluous. Why? Because they want the wellness and prosperity that we will have in heaven, as we're promised, taken down to earth. They don't want to wait for heaven for the ultimate healing and for the ultimate goodness to come upon us. They want to yank it down to this life. What they are really saying is they want the wellness and the prosperity without the relationship with God that God wants. Ultimately, I think that those who desire and believe in miraculous healing and prosperity for all are with or without realizing it opposing God himself because they are opposing his ultimate will. What was it that Jesus called the miracles that he was, I don't know what the right term is here, orchestrating, allowing to work through him during his life? Signs. He called them signs. What is a sign? It's an indication of something. It is a pointer. It is perhaps even an instruction. I was just looking at a speed limit sign. Speed limit, 55. It's telling me how fast I can go and no faster. Of course, not on the dime, but anyway. What is another sign? Amphitheater this way directing you where to go. It is an indication, it is a harbinger, it is an instruction. If Jesus was calling the miracles of healing and other things signs, then they're pointers. Why they are here is not because God wants to make earth into heaven. He doesn't want to make this life into heaven. He wants to show us what it's like there. And my question to those who believe in miraculous healing and goodness and prosperity for all is, are they willing to get with that program? Do they insist that earth should be like heaven for Christians, or are they going to submit to the truth that God, through Jesus himself, showed us? That it's just a sign. I think he does delight when we are healed, when we are made well, when we are prosperous. Why not? Because that is parallel, at least in part, to the life that he wants us to have ultimately. But it's not to be mistaken for the thing itself. This, to me, is the pride of those Christians. That's all I had to bring today. Hope that gives you a lot of interesting stuff to think about and talk about. Until next time.